0: It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, August 2nd, with your hosts, Ray and Zach. Man, that's a lot of ice, man. Well, there's no water. It's just ice. So, you know. What's going on here? Why is it?
1: Give me a second, gang. Give me a second. We haven't had issues here. Okay, I won't touch. I promise not to touch. The cord, evidently, we're having some webcam issues first thing this morning. Let's kick things off, Dad. Banks have stopped lending for cars, trucks, and SUVs, and huge losses. We are going to be talking about Credit Acceptance Corporation. Credit Acceptance Corporation, for those of you who don't know, Credit Acceptance Corporation lends, CAC, lends to those who have less than stellar credit. And their quarterly earnings just came out, Dad. And there is a hell of a lot to dig into in here. The most important thing Yes is the fact that at Credit Acceptance Corporation, they are no longer making money like they did uh, about a year or two years ago. Their income plunging 79% year over year. The real storyline here, Dad? The amount it set aside for possible credit losses increased by 70% to $250.5 million. Yeah. Credit Acceptance Corporation is indicative of what's going on in the industry more broadly. And they are not making money on auto loans anymore. This is why we're seeing banks leave the industry, stop lending to consumers. $250 million in loans that they had already made
0: that they no longer think are actually going to come in. This shocked me, Dad. That's a huge number. Well, they're, they're still making money, just not nearly as much money as they did. Uh, they're, I think they ended up making $22 million for the quarter, but it was a 79% decrease compared to uh, last year. And what's shocking is that they've increased the number of dealers that they do business with, and they've increased the number of loans that they made. It's just, well, the loans seem to be going bad more quickly than they had been in the past, indicates to me that uh, uh, perhaps the criteria they're using to uh, approve a loan uh, isn't quite as stringent as it had been or should be.
1: Well, I I think what it says is it wasn't in the past and now it is because the two sides of the story are what we are seeing now with loan loss provisions. So financial institutions have to set aside money that they don't think is going to actually come good Mm -hmm. on loans that they've made in the past. So what we're seeing here is Credit Acceptance Corporation saying here is a quarter of a billion dollars that we do not think we will ever see again. And so we are setting it aside and we are marking it as a loss on our books. That's what they're doing. That's one side of the story, and it reflects what they did in the past, and it says what they think is going to happen in the future. The other side of the story, Dad, is the Federal Reserve put out, we know. Yes, we know. I just Now I see when you're reading the comments. Here, wait, I'm going to do this to you. Wait a second. <laughs> Damn, now you can't read the comments. Now you got to look at me. We know, Dad. I made it full screen on already.
0: We know, Dad. I don't have to look at (laughs) it.
1: We know, thanks to the Federal Reserve, that the approval rating for credit products and auto loans being one of them is the lowest it's been in decades, OK, so we are faced in a situation where prior loans that were made are going bad. We know that. We see it in the yes. delinquency rates. We see it in the, the loan loss provisions. And at the same exact time, yes. these financial institutions aren't approving as many new loans because their criteria to approve the loans has gotten more stringent.
0: Well, and, and Credit Acceptance Corporation said that the, uh, that the performance of the loans that they recently did um, hasn't lived up to expectations. So they're going bad much more quickly than they had in the past. So, yeah, it's a, it, it, is it an issue? Well, it's it's an issue uh, when you are the primary subprime lender in the marketplace. Uh, but this is the bed they made. These these are the people that they've chosen to uh, to cater to to make loans to. Well, you've got uh, to imagine
1: a lot of those loans were also. I don't want to say predatory because I can't say with confidence that they're predatory, but typically for folks that have some prime subprime credit, the interest rates are not great, obviously. And then also some of the approval
0: criteria can get a little eh, iffy, you know? Well, as well, they should if the people don't have the credit to support what it is they're trying to do. Um, And, and so if you're going to be that lender who is going to cater those people, and you you have a much higher risk level, well, then those people who don't really deserve the credit you're about to extend to them are going to pay a premium for that. Yes, the rates are high, 21, 22, 23, 20, you know, whatever. It, it, it's probably whatever the state maximum is in whatever state that customer happens to be. Um but, you know, that customers is, is it, and I don't want to sound where I'm not empathetic or compassionate to people, but the rates that these people get are the rates that they've earned based on their previous credit history. Yeah. But those, so they have no one to blame but themselves.
1: Ah, all right. We don't have to go entirely down this path. Um I think that, yes, I think we should flip the script and start talking about, well, what is the impact of this type of news rather than than our our considerations for if someone deserves a rate or not? What is the impact of this? If Credit Acceptance Corp is legitimately out here, like they're even saying in their earnings report, that we're gonna start to cater to more higher uh, credit uh, uh, customers, which is hilarious because all the automakers are also going up market to more expensive vehicles. Who's gonna cater to those that have subprime credit? I don't really know. But what is the impact of this? What is the impact of a quarter of a billion dollars in credit losses? We're going to get CarMax earnings in a couple, I guess a month or so from now. CarMax Financial has put more and more money into loan loss provisions. Allies put more money all into all loan the, loss provisions. All the
0: lending institutions have. All, all of them Do have. you think we'll
1: see even more constriction over how willing they are to it, lend? It, it It depends.
0: It depends on if there's a a substantial increase in the number of loans that are going bad, Okay, Which all of the leading indicators suggest that there is a substantial
1: increase in the number of loans that are going bad.
0: Well, and when I say substantial, I I mean we have to get above and beyond historic highs. And we're still not there yet. No. So um, are they trying to play it a little safer than they had been? Absolutely, they are. are some of the banks uh, reevaluating what their criteria will be for who they will lend to and how much they will lend per vehicle? Definitely, absolutely, they are. Does that translate into making it more difficult for people, even with good credit, uh, to get a loan today? Yes, it does. Okay, could could that or Will that slow down the auto industry as we know it? I ain't sure. Really? Yeah, really. Because every time we say that it should slow things down, things don't slow down.
1: Look at this from Leon, Dad. We don't have Wells Fargo queued up for today. But Wells Fargo increased consumer loss provisions by $300 million year over year. So you've you've got, I mean, and Wells Fargo is more of a full spectrum Financial institution, uh, they,
0: and they are, and, and and as you say, they are more of a full spectrum financial institution that has been caught in more deceptive practices uh, than any of the major banks. Okay, so yeah, they they need to do it because they know their employees <laughs> are doing stuff that they shouldn't do to begin with. Hell, we we lived through a time where their employees were creating credit cards and other accounts for for. Um, Um, account holders at the bank that had no idea that was being done. So,
1: Let's play one of our favorite games here on the Daily News You Can Use show. What is it? Guess what the current APR is on average for a new car loan and a used car loan. While you are thinking of your guests, I'm going to remind everyone that I am probably one of the most proud things ever uh, at CarEdge. Let me pull it up on the screen so that everyone can enjoy with us, let me pull it up here. Again, you're thinking of, and you're putting in the chat what your guess is yes. for the yes. average new car interest rate and the average used car yes. interest rate right now. The CarEdge sales event, everything went live just this morning. So if you've been waiting, if you've wanted to see, hey, what's the pricing, how's this gonna work? Just go to CarEdge.com event. I'll pull it up on the screen right here. No longer is there a wait list or anything quite like that. You just click on view the pre-negotiated deals, And then here you go, gang.
0: Here are the pre-negotiated deals. Well, there there you have it. You want to buy a Subaru? And uh, if I may, you know, we need to help get some of these cars out of the weeds, ladies and gentlemen. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah, we legitimately
0: (laughs) (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> but this is an all-wheel drive vehicle, okay? <laughs> and so, you know, they—they—they're just trying to give you a sense of where you'll be able to drive to and through. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Let, let's get these cars out of the weeds, ladies and gentlemen, and into your driveways.
1: And For those of you who don't know, <laughs> August 11th and 12th will be at the Island Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Subaru dealers doing live streams, giving out swag, on a food truck, having a good old time of our team will be there just as well. And well, we have pre-negotiated there. savings on yeah. all new cars. All you got to do is click on that. So very proud of that. All right, let's yes. jump back to the topic at hand. Yeah,
0: the average new car interest rate and the average used car interest rate. Yes, and
1: we've got some guesses in the chat here. 6.98 for used from Greg. We've got 8.13 from Anya. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 8 and 13%, percent yes. 95 for used, 5.5%. For new used car, we've got 12, 7.99, and twelve point. What do you think, Dad?
0: I think seven and a half and and thirteen and a half.
1: Seven and a half for new, thirteen yeah. and a half for used, is yes. what you're saying. That that's my guess. All right, I let's haven't pull looked. it up on the screen. Let's all take a peek. You know, you, you play
0: let's keep dad in the dark. Yeah, it's my favorite game. Yeah, I know. New auto loan wow.
1: rates are up in July with the average new up to nine point two percent. That's pretty high. Wow!
0: Yeah, that's very high. But the good news is, is that used is unchanged at thirteen (laughs) point six one percent.
1: Let's see, did anyone get it close? New uh, Mary's pretty close. Mm. Mary's Mary had a great guess: eight and a half and thirteen percent. So, Dad, you just said it: eight and a half and thirteen percent. We got many guesses there. You just said that you don't think this will slow down consumer demand. Do you think? But by you don't think we'll slow down consumer demand. You mean banks not giving as many approvals. Do you think
0: this will slow down consumer no. demand? Really? Really? I, I, I haven't seen anything yet that indicates okay, we're 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 seven months through the year, and I haven't seen anything yet that indicates that people are gonna stop buying cars. Okay. High interest rates haven't done it. Low vehicle availability didn't do it. Um, higher vehicle availability hasn't done it. Uh, high prices. People are, some people, a smaller percentage of Americans are in the market than, than there ever have been. But the percentage of people that are in the market <clears throat> are readily buying cars, happily buying cars, happily overcommitting committing to the length of time that they're going to pay back the the vehicle over committing to a higher interest rate on the loan that they're going to pay. But I haven't seen anything yet that actually indicates that, that car sales are going to go down. They, every time we say they're going down, they go up. So maybe, maybe we should say the damn things are going to go up and they'll finally go down.
1: One other thing that Cox provides in their monthly updates yes. are obviously we get the interest rates
0: but they do their
1: leading indicators. Leads were down year over year in July on yeah. both Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book, but leads were up for the month compared to June on Auto Trader. That says to me that's a potential indicator that hey things okay. are slowing down. Yeah. Credit applications on dealer track were down a staggering, they forgot to put staggering. Yes, in it, yes. Down a staggering one percent year over year last week. Unique yes. applications. Bless you.
0: <laughs> Bless you a second time.
1: Thank you. Unique applications on same story basis saw an improving trend. Oh no, that's not good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Service trends on X time were relative uh to last year. Uh, relative last year, declined last week by two point 2%, 2%. 2%. So this is showing you, Dad, that, yeah, not much has really changed. No, Leads are no, still coming I, I in. Mean, Credit we, applications are still coming in.
0: You know, we 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 keep thinking. We keep thinking these are normal. Uh, let me rephrase this. I you keep, keep thinking. You keep thinking these are normal times in which we, we live in and that these type of indications should have X effect on what's going on. I ain't seen it. I don't know when we'll ever see it. Um, everything we see indicates that that great slowdown that you're expecting just isn't happening. And, and I know I read our comments, and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, those sales figures, well, they're, they're all bogus sales figures because, well, they're counting the vehicles that the manufacturers invoiced and wholesaled to their dealers. No, these are the retail sales figures. Yeah, we'll
1: turn our attention there next. Because, okay. Yeah. The these numbers. are
0: these these are the retail sales figures of of vehicles that have been retailed to an end user, whether it be commercial fleet or you and I.
1: Let's look at it. Dad. Let's okay. look at it. So for the month of July, year over year, yeah. Ford sales up six point six percent. That actually was below. The industry crush yes. overall, Lincoln sales down 4.4 percent, Acura sales up an astounding 98.6 percent, Honda sales up 53 percent. That's insane. Oh, and, and
0: what's the one thing a Honda dealer doesn't have? Inventory, but the inventory they're getting is pre-sold. Wow, and they are and they are getting more of that. That's
1: staggering. The Honda exactly. sales growth is staggering.
0: The problem for Honda is is they don't have any unsold inventory coming in. But you know, you're
1: making a really good point because when we go and we walk the dealer lot. There's nothing. There's no, well, at Honda, there's nothing. At Toyota, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. And the few that are inexpensive, like let's say there was a legitimate slowdown in consumer demand. And the automakers, if they're smart, they'd have in their pipelines some of these more
0: yeah. inexpensive vehicles. They would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, but then you look at this and you go, why?
1: Yeah, why you know what, if I'm an executive – so, so this is going to be a really interesting business school case study a decade from now. Like what did Ford do wrong? Stellantis isn't on here, but Stellantis' sales are down relative to their peers. What did Ford and Stellantis do wrong that it seems like Honda and Toyota sales are also up? Mazda sales are up
0: 30.9% year over year? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mazda was the big winner and, until Honda and Acura reported their sales. And, and what that shows to me when I – because I sent you an email this morning, yeah, this email and, I, and, and, and what that showed to me is that there is so much <laughs> backlog and pent up demand. you really for, think so. For Honda and Acura, that the people have been waiting where they've had their names on incoming vehicles and they've been waiting for these vehicles to come in. That the moment they get in is the moment that they get sold, that there are very few of those reservations that fall through. For those brands. For those brands. Because yes. the
1: other end of the coin is
0: oh, Ford well, where reservations yes. are getting dropped left yeah. and right like flies. Yes, yes. I wonder yes. what that is, Dad. Um, well, I I, 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 and I would suggest on the Honda side of things. Yeah. In particular, it's the fact that most of their cars are affordable on the Honda side of things. On the yeah. on the Acura side of things, for a perceived luxury or near-luxury vehicle, um, Acura is probably the most affordable, you know, when you compare yeah. Acura to Lexus or Acura to BMW or Audi or Mercedes-Benz. Okay, so... Acuras. So these, for the higher-end brands, Acuras are the most affordable of the higher-end brands. For the um, mass market brands, Honda is the most affordable. So maybe that's why. I think you're probably on to something. Affordable and also generally speaking,
1: reliable. That's well, they, think yes, about it. We, they
0: they have a history of reliability. Who's leading the league in recalls this year? Uh still Ford. Who led the league in recalls last year? Yeah. You know, they were they were, you know, when when they named the recall all-star team, you know, Ford always has more players on that team. Than anyone else. All
1: right, let's talk a little bit about Toyota. Their average transaction prices, Dad, continue yeah. to go up, and you're right. Sales over at Toyota continue to do well. Toyota average transaction price is up another eight percent quarter over mm. quarter or year over year, excuse me, for the fourth yeah. quarter to forty two thousand eight hundred and eight dollars. The Toyota brand's average transaction price was up nine percent when it's Toyota and Lexus. It's only eight. The yeah. all new Sequoia had the highest price increase of twenty percent to oh $80,128 from $66,894 mm. in 2022. The Sienna had an average transaction price hike of 11%. All other offered models saw incremental gains or losses in the single digits. That's that's good news for RAV4s and Corollas yeah. and Camrys. Lexus saw their average transaction price of 4%. The RC and UX models saw the biggest increase of 10%. The IS price increased by 7%. Most everything else stayed the same. The NX was yeah. down 0.8%. Pretty remarkable, Deb, That Toyota, the, the and every you know everyone's brand. Anyone mm-hmm. can afford a Toyota. Sells eighty thousand know, dollar SUVs, but their sales keep going up, and there is still, like you're saying, an immense amount of demand for their inexpensive vehicles.
0: Yes, but look at look at their sale in, sales increase in relation to Honda's. No, Honda's crushing them. Honda's yeah.
1: absolutely crushing
0: um, them. And as and we know.
1: 8.8% for Toyota, for those of you who don't join us live but listen to the podcast, 53% year-over-year year for the month of July sales increase for Honda.
0: Yes, and and year, it, Honda's up 26.8%, and Toyota is down 1.1%. And we know, from Toyota's earnings, that their, their sales of vehicles in America produces the lowest profit margin of any region in the world where they sell cars. Their profit margin in North America is 3%.
1: I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that the distributors here in the United States totally take advantage of Toyota by adding all sorts of packages but and things.
0: But there's, that... there's only two areas that are impacted
1: by those distributors. Eh, I think we're seeing it more more frequently than, uh, well, than just you, that. You have Gulf states and you have Southeast Toyota. I think it happens in other regions just as well.
0: Well, they, no, because they're, they come directly from Toyota in the other regions.
1: All right, let's jump here, Dad, to Albert saying, yes. "I'm not sure, but here in Texas, Honda dealers started discounting off of MSRP." I want to be very clear: yes. new cars should not—you should never be paying over uh, MSRP on any new car. Like that, hard stop. Specialty vehicles, we see some. Like, for example, I, I, we had earlier this week on really got to be kidding me that um, Dodge Challenger or Charger scat pack, whatever it was, whatever that dealer yeah. was asking $50,000 over MSRP. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. But dealers will still ask. Sure. But generally speaking, we are seeing discounts off of MSRP. If you use CarEdge.com, you'll see our fair price algorithm. Pretty much everything's either at or below MSRP. Except for, like, you know, for example, when we did the pre-negotiated pricing, this this dealership we're working with on Subaru Crosstreks, so they've got like one. Yes. So there is no discount off of MSRP on a Subaru Crosstrek, but for the yeah, most and part- and I would imagine,
0: us. you know, having just looked at some of the numbers we looked at, you know, at, at Honda, on the vehicles that are all pre-sold, I think, I, I, I think you could probably buy those at MSRP. I would think- um, hopefully you shouldn't have to pay a market adjustment for it. And you shouldn't no, have you should to negotiate that. And you shouldn't have to pay for unwanted, uh, unneeded dealer installed accessories.
1: I want to hit on this from Mr. 405 DJ. I noticed yes. some dealerships will add $10,000 for some cars, and some dealerships will have a discount of $6,000 on other cars. This is the dichotomy of the current car market. If you are not Educated and informed, you will still end up paying 10 grand over yeah. MSRP on something versus other dealers who are trying to move metal. Who I mean, it's like two very different markets. And it's, it's and it's very it's, different by brand as well.
0: It's it's different business, business tactics, models. Tactics. Models. models. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you know, we, we've been to Jeep dealers where, you know, they 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 have a ten thousand dollar markup on everything, market adjustment. And I remember years. well, why, why, how could they, why do they do that? I said, because they hope, they hope that somebody doesn't know better and that they'll pay it.
1: Let's do a simple example, Dad.
0: I'm a Jeep dealer. You're
1: yes. a Jeep dealer. Yes. I'm the Jeep dealer that has $10,000 market adjustments on all of my inventory. And I, let's say I sell one for every one car I sell, you sell five. Yes. Right. Yeah. But on every one car I sell, my gross profit is name a number is is $12,000. Yeah. Call $10,000. 10. $10, yeah. So I sell one fifth the amount of cars you sell, but on every one car I sell, I make 10 grand. Yes. And you sell five cars and you make what, $1,000 on each? No, oh, two.
0: 2000 We still made the same 10 grand. You can the see the difference. How it, yeah. Yeah, but the difference is that the dealer that discounts the cars has created five more. Potential service customers for their service department. Totally. They've created five more opportunities for their finance and insurance department. Totally. That's the key. Okay. Not to mention if the OEMs come
1: back with more incentives for volume, that's also the key. But the
0: reason it's the key, and we've talked about it in the past, is this thing called service absorption. And what that is, service absorption is. The industry benchmark is is 70% desirable for service absorption. And what that means is that the service parts and service departments will produ- will produce enough um, gross profit to cover 70% of the store's total expenses. Mm-hmm. okay? Well, you can't do that if you don't sell vehicles to bring into service. And good dealerships, really well-run dealerships, will have service absorption of 80, 90, 100, even 110%, so that everything that's done on the sales side is just pure profit because parts and service have covered all the dealership's expenses. You need to sell cars for that to happen. Yeah, you're spot
1: on, spot on about that. Plus, floor plan costs. We we talked about in a video recently. We were estimating floor plan for a dealer at five percent, and then someone left a comment that it's like floor plan's got to be more than five percent because if the Fed funds rate is at five percent, why would someone risk five you know five percent mm-hmm. on dealer floor plan versus five percent on uh, you know on on uh, uh, federal government. When you grabbed that coffee, our lighting went off dead. Well, whatever. You got to put your coffee closer. Thank you. And now the lighting's better. Isn't that great how that works? Uh,
0: yes. No, that is great.
1: Yeah. All right. So, I want to remind everyone we are doing our first ever Car Edge meetup slash sales event slash whatever the heck you want to call it in Staten Island, New York, on August 11th and August 12th. The big day is August 12th, but we're already starting to get pretty busy, so we're thinking people will be coming on the 11th as well. Mm -hmm. CarEdge.com slash event. It is super cool, guys. I'm going to walk everyone through it. I'm very proud of the efforts of our team and everyone involved in making this happen, including Island Auto Group, the dealership dealership that we have partnered with. They've got 316 new cars in inventory between their Subaru and their CDJR dealership, and we have pre-negotiated discounts. On all of them, let's look at for well, example, not
0: all of them, all of their new vehicles. Well, there's certain new vehicles that there's no discount,
1: correct? Yes, there are certain new vehicles like the TRX, that one is excluded. Yes, we are not doing the TRX, yeah. but yes, for example, here we've got a Rebel at 10 yeah. percent off, six thousand nine hundred and twenty eight dollars in dealer discounts just on this, plus manufacturer incentives, as mm-hmm. you can see here. Very, very, very excited. Our team will be their day of. No shenanigans, okay? Absolutely no shenanigans. The price won't change. If anything, the price will go down because there's dealer incentives, or excuse me, manufacturer incentives. Yes. Super excited about this. Super, super excited about this. And I hope we meet. I hope I hope we meet 100 people. That's my goal. And I want to meet 100 people. Is that too many people? Uh, no, I, I want to meet 100 in my lifetime.
0: <laughs> I want to meet 100 people <laughs> on August 12th. That's my I, goal. I think we'll meet more.
1: Yeah, none, none Ovia and Susanna have it spot on. You yes. can afford those even with discounts? Yeah, I'm, we're right there with you. These prices are obscene. Still 10% off,
0: but yes. it's obscene. No, I, I get it. But we're doing our best to try and help bring it down. And it's not just the fact that the price is coming down. It's the fact that there will be no gimmicks, no BS, no games. Um, you'll be able to reserve the car Come in, Come sign in, the paperwork, please. sign the paperwork, and get out. Okay. But the prices, let's be very real, the prices are still insane. And that's not, that, uh, that's, nobody's that's, saying that's, they're that's not. Jeep's fault. But, Jeepers' but, prices aren't that bad. Yeah. But if you want one of these vehicles, this will be the concept of the price is the price, good negotiator, bad negotiator, doesn't matter. Anybody can buy it for that price. Nobody can come in and get a better price. They're not gonna negotiate that price down further. No. Okay. And because the price is the price, you can get in and out in an hour. Dude, look at this.
1: I'm a huge Subaru fan. I I currently don't have a need to buy a car, but if I was going to buy a car, I'd buy yeah. a Subaru. I drive so- uh, Laura, Sora's. I drive Laura, my girlfriend's Subaru Forester. It's like a 2014,
0: 13 or 2013, or, 14. Yeah, something like that. Look at this, man! Yeah, under twenty-eight grand on a new Subaru. Yeah, Legacy, and they're nice vehicles, by the way.
1: Look at this—you could get a Forester. I mean, we're we're at MSRP on Foresters because they don't have a ton, but still, that's yeah. like a good price. Here's another
0: one—we gotta get it out of the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get a Legacy.
1: We'll get you a WRX, man. Ooh. Yeah, there's some good, I mean, there's a lot of options under forty thousand dollars. I'm yes. liking what I'm seeing here.
0: And and we'll like it when we when when we make it easier for both the customers and the sales staff so that Everyone. so that when somebody buys a car, it can actually be a fun and pleasant experience.
1: All right, so to recap, yes. Credit acceptance corporation, one of the largest subprime credit Providers put a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, aside a quarter for, a billion dollars for, for, for potential loan
0: loans that they don't think will get paid. Off.
1: And in the same breath, we have yeah. the Federal uh, Federal Reserve telling us uh, the number of approvals for auto loans is the lowest it's ever been before. If you don't think change is happening in the auto industry, you're not. And I don't. You don't. Yeah. I'm going to say this. You're living under a rock. However, <laughs> in the same breath, that's a very yeah. big breath new
0: car new car sales are up what was it 16% year 16% over year 16 to 18%. So yeah, so I'm living under a rock. Okay. Um yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You can't you the, the extrapolations are off based on you trying to use historic data. You got another show, car I electric do. in
1: about 15 minutes. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow. With more news you can use from
0: Car Edge on the Rains Zach channel. Yes. Yes, we will. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see you. Uh, no, we won't be here tomorrow. We might be. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Okay. We, we might be.